This is the Humanist Report with Mike Figueredo. Sponsored by Amazon, Audible, HostGator, Gamefly, and supporters of independent media like you. Welcome to the Humanist Report. My name is Mike Figueredo. I want to thank Hillary, who is our latest patron on Patreon. She's pledged $5 per month. Thank you so much. It really means the world. Uh, to any of you guys who are supporting us, either through our memberships on humanistreport.com or through Patreon, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and even if you're just viewing and you can't afford to donate, again, uh, you guys are so great. Uh, so thank you so much for your loyalty. Uh, on today's episode, I will be discussing the campaign, of course, so specifically Bernie Sanders and his civil rights record, and I'm going to contrast that with Hillary Clinton's civil rights record. I'll also be discussing the PBS News debate and who I think won uh, that debate between Bernie and Hillary. Uh, so that and more topics. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. Representative John Lewis, a civil rights legend, uh, he decided to endorse Hillary Clinton, no problem. Uh, but when asked, you know, about Bernie Sanders' civil rights history, perhaps implying that, you know, well, he's a civil rights activist too, why wouldn't you endorse him? This is what John Lewis had to say. To be very frank, I don't want to cut you off, but I never saw him. Uh -oh. Oh. I never met him. I would chair the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee for three years, from 1963 to 1966. I was involved in the sit-ins, the Freedom Rally, mm -hmm. the March on Washington, the March from Selma to Montgomery, and directed the voter education project for six years. But I met Hillary Clinton. I met President Clinton. Mm. Now, he allegedly misspoke and did not actually meet Bill and Hillary Clinton, uh, and that's because they weren't there. Now, the point that John Lewis was trying to make is that, you know, S Bernie Sanders wasn't the civil rights activist that he says he was. You know, I didn't see him, so maybe he wasn't even there. Uh, and the media has also tried to denigrate his record on LGBT rights. Even Barney Frank endorsed Hillary Clinton, and, you know, he painted her as this pragmatist. Barney Frank is the first openly gay congressman. Uh, so it's no surprise that, you know, <laughs> these politicians are in favor of Hillary Clinton. She can't campaign for them, she did fundraising for them, uh, you know, they like each other, that's fine. And even if you agree with Hillary Clinton more ideologically, you think that her foreign policy is good, even though you're a civil rights activist, uh, and she wasn't, that's fine. Like, you, nobody can police African Americans and Latinos and say, you have to vote for Bernie Sanders because he was a civil rights activist, he marched with Dr. King and whatnot. You can't do that. But I think that if civil rights is a really important issue to you, then you deserve to know the truth. You deserve to know that Bernie Sanders is better on civil rights than Hillary Clinton. That's indisputable. So we all know that Bernie Sanders had uh, marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. He led a civil rights sit-in in the University of Chicago. Now, there's some pictures to actually prove this. Now, with respect to one photo, some are alleging that this is actually Bruce Rappaport, a colleague of Bernie Sanders. Two individuals have confirmed this, apparently. Uh, but the photographer claims that this was actually Bernie Sanders after all. Danny Lyon, he states, I talked to Bernie Sanders and I took the picture of him and I also took the other picture of him with shorter hair as well. And then he released more pictures kind of proving the point. But even if we don't have any photographic evidence, the point still stands that Bernie Sanders was a civil rights activist. But what I want to do is I want to talk about Hillary Clinton and where she was at this time. Because we know Bernie Sanders was an activist. He was fighting to desegregate the University of Chicago. But what was Hillary Clinton doing? So what I want to do is I want to tell you guys about someone named Barry Goldwater. He was a Republican presidential candidate. And this is what he had to say about the Civil Rights Act. Senator Goldwater, we have a, another question here from some of our listeners. You voted against the Civil Rights Act in 1964. Would you do so today? And what is your, posi your position now on the proposed Voting Rights Act? 
Well, the answer to the first part of your question, if the same two, uh, the same two items remain in the bill that caused me to think it unconstitutional at that time rem remained in any bill today, I would have to vote against it. You have said, I believe, that we have no right to tell the southern states what they must do about school integration. I can't understand this statement. Uh, do you mean to say the Supreme Court decision is null and void? No, it, the Supreme Court decision is not necessarily the law of the land. The Constitution still is. Now, in the same time period, Bernie Sanders was marching with Dr. Martin Luther King, and Hillary Clinton was campaigning for this guy. I'm not kidding. She campaigned for Barry Goldwater, a Republican who was not in favor of uh, desegregation. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Take Hillary Clinton's word for it. <laughs> was a Goldwater girl. I mean, really, we used to wear, you know, little banners which said Goldwater girl. Now let's be 100% fair. Hillary Clinton came around. She ended up not voting for Barry Goldwater and she did get on board with civil rights. I mean, she was in favor of it. She didn't, she wasn't an activist, but she did come around to it. Uh, but here's the thing that bugs me about Hillary Clinton. She always has to play catch up with Bernie Sanders. I'm sick of the fact that you know, she's right now, so I mean, we can't critique her for that. No, we can critique her for it. Because how many issues does she have to be wrong on? How many times will she be wrong before she gets it right the first time? So, I mean, this is a trend that has persisted throughout her career. She's always been playing catch up with Bernie Sanders when it comes to the Iraq War, LGBT rights, the Keystone XL pipeline, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and now minimum wage. Uh, she's in favor of a 12. Bernie's in favor of a 15. Uh, she doesn't want to legalize marijuana. She's in favor of a Syrian no-fly zone. How many issues will it take for her to realize, look, I'm wrong. Maybe I need to reassess my position on these. I mean, she did it when she was young. She was on the wrong side of history then. She finally came around. But I don't want a president who's going to have to make a snap decision uh, and then get it wrong. See, if you're president of the United States, you have no right to be wrong. So what I mean by that is that if you make a decision and you're wrong the first time, well, you don't get to say, I'm sorry, now I'm on the right side. No, there's, there's serious consequences for a president who makes the wrong decision, like going to war, like certain domestic policies. They have deleterious consequences. There are waves of consequences that continue even after your presidency. So you don't have a right to be wrong if you're president. You need to get it right the first time. And you've consistently shown throughout your career and now that you just cannot get it right the first time around. We have to drag you in the right direction. We have to drag you along. I mean, when it comes to gay rights, you were like one of the last people to come out in favor of marriage equality. Why is that? Why are we always having to drag Hillary Clinton's feet. Maybe she's not with us. Maybe that's not the case that, you know, she cares about these issues. Maybe she just comes around when it's politically expedient. That's what she's always done. That's what she's doing now. You can, you can denigrate Bernie Sanders' civil rights activism. That's fine. Let's pretend like he wasn't an activist, but don't try to lie and mislead people about the fact that Hillary Clinton was somehow better. Is that the implication? Because that's not true. Now, again, Nobody's going to try to police African-Americans and Latinos and say that they owe their vote to Bernie Sanders. That's wrong. That's bullshit because um, they don't. But if it comes down to this one issue of civil rights and that's like the deciding factor, they've weighed out all the policies and they think that civil rights is how they're going to cast their vote. They deserve to know the truth. The bottom line is that when it comes down to Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton on civil rights, Bernie Sanders was right the first time and she was wrong. Mark Joseph Stern of Slate penned a new tone-deaf article about Bernie Sanders, alleging that his success is contingent upon the fact that he's a man, 
not because his message is resonating with voters. Uh, so let's just remember that this is an individual who also penned an article trying to denigrate Bernie Sanders' record on gay rights. He actually called Bernie Sanders hostile uh, at worst to the LGBT community. And we know that Bernie Sanders has been standing up for our rights for 40 years. So this is an individual who is heavily biased against Bernie Sanders. I don't know if he's supporting Hillary Clinton because he also has some anti-Hillary articles, but we know he certainly does not like Bernie Sanders. So let me go ahead and get to his article. I have no doubt that some Sanders supporters legitimately favor his policies over Clinton's and that they might vote for a woman with Sanders ideology. You don't say. But my strong suspicion is that in any nominating race featuring a female candidate, there will always be a Bernie Sanders, a male alternative whose gender allows him to do everything his female opponent cannot. And the key question for Democratic voters post-Iowa is whether they will allow themselves to be so wooed by Sanders' gendered appeal that they abandon the woman who seemed poised to make history. How does Bernie Sanders have a gendered appeal? Like, I get that he's a man. I get that there are still these uh, underlying biases against women. But Bernie Sanders is appealing to everyone. There's a reason why 80% of young female voters are leaning towards Bernie Sanders. Now, getting back to his article, he states, on the far left, a hypothesis emerged that Hillary was only pretending to seem affable and populist in order to obscure her deep Wall Street ties. In step Sanders, brash, no-nonsense, straight-talking, uncompromisingly liberal, or so he liked to claim. In actuality, Sanders has a spotty record on gay rights and a terrible record on gun rights. That's absolutely false. Uh, oh, and he's a man. Democrats flock to him as a more progressive alternative to Clinton, despite the fact that his legislative strategy hinges on a, quote, political revolution that will apparently involve Republicans instantly dematerializing upon his inauguration. He and Clinton have mostly minor policy disputes, but Sanders is heralded as a true progressive, even though his most liberal proposals are politically dead in the water. Still, Sanders' angry populist demagogue shtick goes over extraordinarily well with young liberals, especially white ones. See what he's trying to do there he's trying to tell us that you know we're young we're dumb and look at white people support bernie sanders so that just makes him bad unequivocally bad if white people support you you're a bad person uh well i got news for you bernie sanders won in every single demographic with the exception of the oldest generation and people who make over two hundred thousand dollars per year so this myth that only white people support him it's old, and it's a myth. It's no longer the case. Sure, that was true, because he's a senator from Vermont. If you look at the polls, he's made huge strides when it comes to the Latino community, when it comes to African Americans. So you can't use this forever, so uh, keep trying, though. Now, I love how uh, the overarching tone is that, you know, Bernie Sanders, he's, he's this idealist. When Hillary Clinton, she's the real political pragmatist. See, she's going to be able to get the Republicans to work with her, not Bernie Sanders. They don't hate Hillary Clinton or anything and have been trying to discredit her with Benghazi and the email scandal for years, right? No, no, no. She's going to have an easier time because she's a progressive who likes to get things done, i.e. meaning give everything to the Republicans as Bill Clinton did. Ridiculous. So now he refuted his own argument. So he states, there is, of course, an obvious rejoinder to my theory. This could just be a Clinton issue. There are millions of Democrats who deeply dislike Clinton for non-gendered reasons, who fear her baggage, her eagerness to compromise, her corporate pedigree. Right. That's exactly it. And that should have been the end of your article. If you don't remember, there was a 
huge campaign among progressives to draft Elizabeth Warren. Do you remember the page, We Want Elizabeth Warren? Well, now that's been renamed to Bernie Sanders because Elizabeth Warren is not running. We knew that Hillary Clinton would run. We knew she was conservative. We didn't like her conservative policies in 2008, and we don't like them now. What makes you think we're going to change our mind? Because there's nobody else to vote for? I'm sorry, but if we have the option to vote for a true progressive, we're smart to do that. We're looking out for our own self-interest. Someone who makes $225,000 per hour but still thinks a minimum wage that's $15 is too high is not someone who I support. But anyways, he continues, are women simply hesitant to put themselves through the indignities that Clinton has suffered? I don't know the answers, but the questions worry me. They suggest that no female candidate, however qualified, can ever be strong enough to fight back a challenge from a Sanders-type male rival. In other words, in any given race featuring a female candidate, there will always be a Bernie Sanders who can do what she can't do and say what she can't say. And if there will always be a Bernie Sanders, then there may never be a female president of the United States. Hillary Clinton is the only female candidate who's come this close to winning. Uh, there hasn't been any other female candidates. If they were more progressive, I guarantee they would win. If Elizabeth Warren was running, I actually think she'd be doing better. See, I would buy this argument if it was coming from the Republican side, but Democratic voters are much more egalitarian. They're more feminist. They're more gender egalitarian in their orientation. So, of course, there's still biases that exist against women. But you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's about Clinton. She's conservative, okay? We don't like centrist, corporatist Democrats. So regardless of how hard you want to try, you, Madeleine Albright, Gloria Steinem, Bill Clinton, it's not about gender, it's about policies. I really want a woman president. I've wanted one for a very, very long time. Trust me, I want a, a, a president of every single color and orientation and belief, but I'll never support a candidate, male or female, black or white, gay or straight, who voted for the Iraq war, who's this cozy with Wall Street, who supports fracking, who doesn't support a $15 minimum wage even though she makes $225,000 per hour. She thinks that's too high for us peasants. Sorry, I, I just can't support that type of a candidate. She's just too conservative. It's not about the gender. It's not about her identity. It's about the policy positions that she holds. And furthermore, the electorate has shifted. So Bernie Sanders is right where voters are. The average voter, even, not just liberal voters. I mean, he's really aligned with what liberal voters want. I mean, he's at their core. Uh, he's really preaching to what they want. But when it comes to just the average voter on everything, he has majority support of many policies, Democrat and Republican. But you're not looking at the right variables. She's too conservative. She's too rich. She's just out of tune with ordinary voters. The bottom line is that it's not about gender. It's about policy. Bernie Sanders has a lot of disadvantages too. People fail to realize that. I mean, he'd be the oldest president ever elected. So there's a lot of bias against him with respect to ageism. Uh, he also is not very charismatic. He's not articulate. And we all know that uh, in presidencies, people really favor the more articulate, charismatic, well-speaking, uh, well-spoken candidate. Uh, so he's disadvantaged with this regard. But what he's saying has substance. That's the reason why he's successful. It's because of his message. There's substance to what he says. There's a reason why 80% of young female voters supported him in uh, in Iowa. There's a reason why a majority of women supported him in New Hampshire. It's because of his policies. So stop trying to make this about gender. So this proves that journalists in the mainstream media are tone deaf. They don't know why voters would ever possibly, you know, elect someone like Bernie Sanders. It's because he's saying what we want. We're tired of this corporatist establishment message that has been the norm for so long. We want someone out of the norm. We want someone out of the establishment. And that person is Bernie Sanders, and that's why he's winning, not because of the fact that he's a man. Hi, Secretary Clinton, will you release a transcript of your paid speeches to Goldman Sachs? <laughs> Hi, Madam Secretary, 
secretary. Is that a no? At the MSNBC Democratic debate, Hillary Clinton was asked whether or not she would release her paid speeches to Goldman Sachs. And at that time, she said she'd look into it. Well, when asked about it again, she said, let everybody who's ever given a speech to any private group under any circumstances release them. We'll all release them at the same time. So what she's basically saying is that uh, I'm not going to release anything until everyone else releases their paid speeches, including the Republicans, she implied. But we're not voting Republican. We're voting for a Democratic candidate. So you need to release it for us. We're not considering the Republicans. Do it for the Democratic constituents. It's between you and Bernie on our side. Uh, so you can say, well, you know what, I'm not going to release anything until Bernie does. That's disingenuous, and it kind of proves that you're a little bit scared to release them. Uh, but that would be more realistic. But to say that, no, the Republicans have to release it too, what you're doing is you're setting up this impossible standard so that way you don't ever have to release them. So that way you can say, well, you know, they haven't released it, so why should I? Let's all do it at the same time. I'm not worried about it. Let's, let's just, let's do it. Let's release the speeches. Hillary, come on. <laughs> this makes you look so bad. Just release them. Now, Politico released a story about how uh, one attendee recalls what Hillary Clinton had to say. So let's go ahead and dive into that. When Hillary Clinton spoke to Goldman Sachs executives, she spoke glowingly of the work the bank was doing. She spent no time criticizing Goldman or Wall Street more broadly for its role in the 2008 financial crisis. She spoke glowingly about a fraudulent and criminal organization, really? All right, well, let's continue. It was pretty glowing about us. One person who watched the event said, it's so far from what she sounds like as a candidate now. It was like a rah-rah speech. She sounded more like a Goldman Sachs managing director. At another speech to Goldman and its big asset management clients in New York in 2013, Clinton spoke about how it wasn't just the banks that caused the financial crisis and that it was worth looking at the landmark 2010 Dodd-Frank financial reform law to see what was working and what wasn't. Wow, so she always touts Dodd-Frank as the the power of the government to rein in these big banks. She says that it gives us the ability to break them up if need be, if they pose a risk, which they already do. But she basically told them that she's willing to open up Dodd-Frank for surgery. It's already been watered down, but she's going to open it up for them and say, mm, this provision doesn't work, get rid of it. That doesn't work, let's get rid of it. This is devastating. Now I know why she doesn't want to release those speeches. If it were up to me, I'd just say go ahead and release them and deal with it, said one senior Democrat close to the Clinton campaign. But I can understand why they don't want to, because anything can be taken out of context and blown up. One thing that is clear is that Clinton could release the Goldman transcripts unilaterally if she chose to do so. Okay, we already knew that she did have the ability to release the speeches if she wanted to. We knew that they did have the transcripts. Uh, but... She's not worried about being taken out of context. What she's worried about is the fact that she's guilty. And if she does release these speeches, we're going to see them and we're going to see what she said to these criminals. And uh, it's not going to be good for her, her campaign. So the fact that she's guilty is why she doesn't want to release these speeches. She knows it's not going to bode well for her campaign. See, you don't hide something if you don't have anything to hide. If you do have something to hide, you hide it. You keep it away. You don't want voters to see it. I mean, I'm guessing that she has a lot of things in here that she doesn't want us to see. I think that if they really gave a damn about your thoughts and, you know, your grand ideas, they would look you up on YouTube or Google you. They're not going to pay you $600,000 for a speech. They'd pay you $600,000 if they are investing in you and they expect to get a return on that investment. It's a business deal. They don't just go around throwing away money for no reason. 
They want something, Hillary. You think that we're naive and that you can pull the wool over our eyes? Look, if it smells like a turd, it's probably shit, and this situation is incredibly shitty right now, and Hillary Clinton doesn't know that we're not dumb. We see it, even her own supporters cannot defend her on, uh, in this regard. Now, Goldman Sachs also donated to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Now, do you think that a business organization whose incentive and drive is to make profits and increase profits would contribute to the campaign of a candidate that went on stage and said, look, you guys are criminals. I'm going to break you up. I'm going to throw your executives in jail. Do you think they would do that, Hillary Clinton? Mm -mm. There's a reason why Goldman Sachs called Bernie Sanders dangerous. There's a reason why they didn't donate to his campaign. It's because they don't expect a return on their investment. Bernie Sanders has a lot of great ideas about Wall Street. Why don't they pay him for speeches? Because they don't like what he has to say, but for some peculiar reason, they really like what you had to say so much that they paid you at three different occasions a total of $600,000 to speak on their behalf. This is bad. This is bad for her campaign, and she's damned if she does either way. If she releases the speeches, she's exposed as a shill for Goldman Sachs. If she doesn't release the speeches, then the suspicion will continue to grow. This problem will augment for her campaign. It's not going to get any better. So she's cornered here. So what is the solution for her? Uh, well, you release the speeches anyway. It doesn't matter what the consequences are. If you're trying to run for president, then you better be transparent. And you've proven with the email scandal as well that you haven't been transparent. Why would you use your own private email server unless you wanted to do some shady stuff? See, this is why we don't trust you, Hillary. Uh, you're so entrenched in the political establishment. You are the political establishment that we cannot trust that you're going to fight for us. Uh, so release the speeches, regardless if you think they're going to be good or bad for your campaign, because it's not helping you at all to just sit on them. Donald Trump said that if he's elected president, he would strongly consider appointing homophobic Supreme Court justices to the Supreme Court so that way they can overturn the landmark marriage equality ruling. Attention explains that he said, if I'm elected, I would be very strong on putting certain judges on the bench that I think maybe could change things. Uh, Trump told Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday that Trump believes that the decision should have been a state-level issue. He consistently has opposed same-sex marriage, but told The Hollywood Reporter last August that passing amendments wasn't going to happen. All right, so you want to play the let's ban things I don't like game like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. All right, well, I'm game. So how about this? Uh, I want to ban comb-overs because I think that if you reach a certain age and your hair starts to bald, then you just need to shave it. And I don't like it, so I think we should ban it. I also would like to ban intergenerational marriages, seeing that you're 69, your wife is 45. That's a 24-year difference. You're old enough to be her father. Well, I don't like that, and I think that we should ban that because I feel as though that's immoral. I think you're taking advantage of her. I think you're a creep. Let's ban it. Also, since we're violating the Constitution, uh, I would like to violate the Constitution as well. Because, I mean, if you overturn marriage equality, well, then you are violating the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. So I want to violate an amendment as well. See, I think we should just ban guns. Let's let's just, uh, you know, go back to muskets uh, because I don't like it. Another thing I'd like to ban that just creeps me out is how fathers sometimes talk about their daughters and how uh, they think that they're attractive. That... You know, that doesn't bode well with me. I think it's gross. Let's ban it. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. You know? <laughs> What's the favorite thing you have in common with your father? Either real estate or golf. Donald, with your daughter? Well, I was going to say sex, but I can't relate. Now, look, clearly I'm being facetious about banning all these things, regardless if I, you know, disagree with them or not. But the fact is that you don't get to ban things as president. You're not an authoritarian dictator. You don't just get to say, look, I think that group A, B, and C, uh, they don't have certain rights and protections. 
You don't get to do that. You're a rich white Christian. Uh, nobody's discriminating against you. Nobody's saying, I hate gingers. I want to ban orange people who have these ridiculous spray tans. You have absolutely no reason to be afraid when you walk down the streets. You don't have to be worried that, you know, the cops are going to arrest you. You don't have to be worried that people are going to, you know, look at you and think that you're gross if you hold hands with your partner in public. You don't have to deal with that because you have all the privilege in the world. You're a billionaire. So how about this, Donald Trump? If you don't like gay marriage, don't get married to a man. Okay, it's that simple. You don't get to pick and choose what parts of the Constitution you get to follow. So you can try to overturn marriage equality. If you think that's going to help you, then so be it. But your Republican base, even they're changing. They don't care anymore. Uh, younger Republican voters are now in favor of marriage equality. So it's time that you catch up. Get with the times. Don't be like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and try to go down this homophobic path. It's not a viable political strategy. And if you get to the general, you're going to take a beating for that because 57% of Americans are now in favor of full marriage equality. Human rights is not a state's rights issue. Uh, human rights is not a national issue. It's a guarantee that we should have as human beings for being born on this planet. You don't get to pick and choose that. I don't give a shit who you are. If you're a billionaire, if you are Donald Trump, if you're Jesus Christ, you don't get to violate human rights. Zaid Jelani of Alternet penned an article for Raw Story, and it was really, really great at highlighting all of the times that Bernie Sanders stood up for human rights. So number one, he raised money for Korean orphans. They write, international solidarity was an unusual concept for an, any American to have in the 1950s, let alone a high school student. But one of Sanders' first campaigns was to run for class president at James Madison High School in New York City. And his platform was based around raising scholarship funds for Korean war orphans. Although he lost, the person who did win the campaign decided to endorse Sanders' campaign and scholarships were created. So again, he's always standing up for what's right, even when he was a high school student. He was just always on the right side of history. He was arrested for desegregation. He uh, led a civil rights sit-in at the University of Chicago, and he was arrested. He spoke about this. Um, he also called for full gay equality 40 years ago. He said that all of the um, laws that discriminate against, you know, gay people, need to be abolished. He said that we need to stand up for victims of U.S. imperialism in Latin America. Now, while mayor of Burlington, Vermont, Sanders formally protested the Reagan government's policy of sending arms to Central America to repress left-wing movements. In 1985, he traveled to Nicaragua to condemn the war on people there. He writes about it in his book, Outsider in the House. So always standing up for what's right. And again, another example. Uh, he also condemned and opposed welfare reform and dog whistle politics. So uh, President Bill Clinton, I've mentioned this before, he signed Republican welfare into law. He allowed them to gut welfare. He did not put up a fight. Now, people will apologize for Bill Clinton and say, look, Newt Gingrich challenged him. Uh, you know, he said that he wouldn't work with him on anything if he didn't get this done. Uh, you're the president. Are you going to fight for us or not? That's why we elected you. Okay. Uh, so I don't take that as an excuse. Uh, so he also vocally condemned and opposed the death penalty and prisons his entire political career. Furthermore, he voted against cutting off prisoners from federal election or excuse me, education funds. Uh, so in the 1990s, there was a successful effort to end the Pell Grant program for prisoners, which was one of the most effective ways to reduce recidivism. Only a handful of members of Congress voted against the legislation, and almost all of them were members of the Black Caucus. Sanders was one of the few white members who opposed this effort. It passed by 351 to 39. Of those in the House who opposed that vote, Few are still serving. Representatives uh, John Lewis, Jose Serrano, 
Charlie Rangel and Bernie Sanders stood together at that time and continue to serve today. He also took on the International Monetary Fund to task for oppressing developing world workers. In a 1998 committee hearing, Sanders took Clinton administration official Robert Rubin to task for not enforcing a provision to protect the rights of workers in Indonesia. Number nine, he achieved high ratings from leading civil rights organizations. A frequent critique of Sanders is that he is from a very white state. While this is true, he certainly has not ignored issues that matter to people of color. In 2002, he achieved a 93% rating from the ACLU and a 97% rating from the NAACP in 2006. Now, he also voted against the Patriot Act. So in a 98-2 vote in the Senate and a 357-66 vote in the House, Sanders voted against it and has voted against renewing it every single time. There's one person who voted in favor of it, who you guys need to look up. So go ahead and check out that vote, so I won't tell you. I don't want to spoil it for you, but go ahead and see who voted in favor of the Patriot Act. You're not going to be surprised. Uh, he opposed both Iraq wars on moral grounds. He traveled to Costa Rica to defend exploited workers. So Sanders traveled there to help organize workers opposing the Central American Free Trade Agreement, CAFTA. Uh, and while many critics of trade agreements do so on the grounds that Americans deserve jobs that could be lost to foreign countries, Sanders instead practices a form of solidarity politics, saying that workers in both countries are being exploited by corporations and so we must organize workers in both countries. This is so true, because it's not the, just the case that our jobs get shipped overseas, but those jobs go to people who they lie to us and tell us that it's going to improve their lives. That was the case in Mexico, and it doesn't. It just perpetuates income inequality in that country. There's a very distinct reason why our jobs get shipped overseas. It's because there's no minimum wage. There's no regulations that are going to bog them down. Uh, so they do that so that way they can pay these uh, workers like a dollar per hour and whatnot. Not, not necessarily in Mexico, but in, you know, uh, in other countries, uh, in Vietnam and whatnot. So it's disgusting. Number 13, he endorsed Jesse Jackson and spoke up for Palestinians. In 1988, Jesse Jackson was the first competitive black candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency. He came under fierce attack for his advocacy of Palestinian statehood. Sanders came to his aid, organizing vermonters and winning the state for jackson sanders was asked about jackson's comments on palestine and defended him saying that the israeli assault on palestinians was reprehensible he also strongly condemned police violence over the past year now in that article they link you to specific instances where he spoke about this prior to hillary clinton he did so in mid uh, 2014 uh, he did it in uh, august of 2014 there's so many examples so you have to click on the article okay because i can't i can't show you all of them uh so 15 he embraced immigrants when hillary clinton refused to talk to them in 2014 young immigration activists repeatedly tried to talk to democratic frontrunner hillary clinton to ask her about executive action while clinton did not talk to them bernie sanders was not only willing to talk but agreed with their call for executive action. Number 16, he defended the Voting Rights Act against voter suppression efforts. He fought against employment discrimination. Uh, he was a strong supporter of legislation to end workplace discrimination for LGBT Americans. Uh, he called for an end to the war on drugs, for-profit prisons, and migrant detention quotas. So, all great things. The final one here is he put out a detailed plan to end economic crisis in minority communities. Check out the article. I can't read it 100%, but Zaid did a phenomenal job here. Uh, you have to see it for yourself. Uh, click on the links that he provided. Uh, really great stuff. Bernie, Sa We already knew that Bernie Sanders was a hero, but this just highlights specific instances that even I didn't know about, where he not only just 
spoke out in favor of the disadvantage. But he, he traveled to other countries, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, to speak out on the behalf and to fight for them. So I believe that he's going to take that into the White House and fight for us the same way he's always done for the little guy. When it comes to the PBS News debate, I think that Bernie Sanders won this time. I don't necessarily think that it was total domination, as was the case with the previous two debates, uh, but I think that he definitely did have uh, a lead on her. And this is because, again, same reasons last time, you know, he, he had her on the defensive, he brought up such great points, uh, and I think that because of that, he won. Now, again, you know, I'm biased in favor of Bernie Sanders, so I'm going to agree with most everything that he says because... You know, the facts are on his side. Hillary Clinton is always disingenuous. So I, I think it's fair to say, uh, objectively speaking, that I'm not going to think Hillary Clinton ever won a debate uh, unless she really, you know, she gives an outstanding performance and, you know, she she overpowers him, puts him on the defensive. That would make me think Hillary Clinton won. But uh, every time Bernie Sanders has performed very well in the debates for me. Uh, overall, Hillary Clinton had a really aggressive demeanor. I mean, right off the bat, she wanted to jump at Bernie Sanders' throat. She wanted to attack him on health care, on pretty much everything, because he just won New Hampshire with a 22-point edge over her. That's insane. So if someone just beat you, the inevitable candidate, by 22 points, you're scared. And, you know, we saw that on full display now, overall, this debate was not as exciting this time. Uh, just, you know, there were less big moments of, you know, gotcha, you know, when it comes to Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton. Uh, so nothing too exciting, still a great debate overall. So uh, I'm going to go issue by issue since there's only two candidates. It doesn't really make sense, in my opinion, to analyze, you know, Bernie Sanders and then Hillary Clinton, because that's going to be kind of redundant because I'll talk about Bernie on healthcare and then Hillary on healthcare. I'm just going to consolidate them into different categories. So healthcare. Uh, so, again, Hillary Clinton was being completely disingenuous, and this really bothered me. So she said that the numbers don't add up with Bernie's health care plan, and that, you know, citizens are going to pay more in taxes, but they won't get that big of a return. I don't think she realizes how much we're paying on our private insurance premiums each month. And furthermore, what she doesn't realize is that if we actually do get sick, even though we have insurance, some of us have deductibles at five or $10,000. If that's the price... You're not going to be able to get care, and if you do, you could potentially become bankrupt. I mean, you don't understand the situation that we're in, Hillary. I mean, some people are so financially uh, on the edge that anything can push them towards bankruptcy, and that's not good for the economy, so she just doesn't understand. She's out of touch. Uh, now, also, she said that, you know, me and Bernie both share the goal of universal health care. Um, if it's Medicare for all, however, then we no longer have the Affordable Care Act, and because of this, many people will be worse off. That's a lie. That's an outright bold-faced lie. So uh, first and foremost, will Bernie Sanders be doing away with the Affordable Care Act? My answer is I don't care. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think about health care policy in categorical terms versus good or bad. It's not, well, if Obama goes away, that's just bad. Uh, I don't care if Obamacare goes away. The goal is universal health care and to get rid of this disgusting, grotesque private insurance industry. That's what Bernie Sanders' plan does. Uh, so the fact that she tries to do that, it's a trick, okay? She knows that citizens will be better off under Bernie Sanders' plan. That's why she endorsed universal health care and fought for it in the 1990s, and she gave up 
once she was bought off by the health insurance industry and she took speaking fees on their behalf uh, or she gave speeches and took uh, huge fees on their behalf. Uh, so that's a lie. She's completely misleading you because Democratic voters approve of the Affordable Care Act. She's hoping to kind of capitalize on their ignorance that, you know, well, if that goes away, then we'll be worse off. That's not the case. Don't buy it. Now, also, she said, you know, we're not England or France, uh, but Bernie Sanders had the perfect response. Look, this is what it comes down to. There's one major industrialized country in the world that does not have universal health care. That's the United States of America. Uh, so Hillary Clinton, she's losing this battle. When the race first started, 51% uh, of general voters, that's Republicans and Democrats, approved of universal health care. And now that's 55%, not to mention 81% of Democrats support it. So she's losing this battle and she just needs to concede already and admit that she has the worst policy. She just has to do that because the more she does this, the more bad it's going to be for her. So when it comes to criminal justice reform, uh, Bernie Sanders excelled here. I think this was the highlight of the evening for me. He demonstrated real knowledge. He actually gave you specific details. He actually really illustrated to us that he knows what he's talking about. He knows the plight of the African-American community. I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, what a great display for him. You know, he had facts uh, on his side. He talked about real numbers, you know, uh, how the youth African-American unemployment rate is astronomical. He actually gave specifics. Hillary Clinton, she spoke in more generality. She said, well, you know, we have to do more than just criminal justice reform. You know, we need to get them, you know, good employment, education and whatnot. There's systemic discrimination in those areas, too. But she didn't get into the specifics. And that's what you really have to do. You have to dive into the nuance. And I don't think Hillary Clinton did that. But there's one criticism that I do have about Bernie Sanders here. When you're talking about criminal justice reform and institutional racism, you have to bring up the private prison industry and how this incentivizes the lockup lock of people and how this disgusting industry has disproportionately targeted African-Americans. Uh, so he And he spoke about this, how the criminal justice system does target African-Americans and Latinos, but the private prison industry, that's right there. I mean, you, you got to talk about them. You know, um, this is a very, very close issue that is related to that. So I wish Bernie Sanders would have brought this up. And he could have hit Hillary Clinton on this because she took money from the private prison industry. She stopped doing that because she got so much criticism, uh, but he could have hit her on this and it would have been fantastic. So Bernie, do this next time. Okay, when it comes to immigration, again, Bernie Sanders shined here. Hillary Clinton tried to come up with this line saying, look, you know, he voted against immigration reform, but what Bernie Sanders said was the truth. Well, this bill would make it so that way, you know, undocumented workers would be in slave-like conditions. You know, they would be exploited. They couldn't challenge that. And that's disgusting. It's grotesque. And this is why a lot of, uh, you know, immigration organizations were with me on this. They also said to vote against this bill. So again, another case where Hillary Clinton was being disingenuous. Uh, but also, uh, I like how he got her on the fact that she didn't want to allow uh, children from Honduras to stay. They're coming from violent areas, and she wanted to send them back. That's just straight up immoral. And I'm glad that Bernie Sanders brought this up here. And I think that he actually got her on this. I don't think she's going to recover from this. Uh, and this is something that uh, people need to know. So when it comes to donations, the moderator, um, I got to applaud them because they asked, you know, you said there's no uh, quid pro quo with your Wall Street donations. Is that is that the same case for the Republicans? So is there no quid pro quo, quo between uh, them and the Koch brothers? Woo! She dodged that like the Matrix. You know, she was not going to go there because she likes to talk about how the Republicans are corrupt. And they are. Nobody's disputing that. Uh, but she needs to tell us and illustrate to us how she's different than the Republicans. She is really, really close to Wall Street. If you Google uh, Lloyd Blankfein, the CEO of Goldman Sachs with Hillary Clinton's name, 
there are multiple pictures of them together. It's just, you know, uh, and you don't have to look at that. What you do have to look at is the donations. And when uh, you look at who's donating to her super PAC, out of 25 million, Wall Street donated 15 million. They really, really, really want her in office. And you know why that's the case. And Bernie Sanders said, look, let's not insult the intelligence of the American people. Uh, you know, why does Wall Street make these huge contributions? They're going to get something in return. That was just, that was fire right there. That was so, so good. Uh, we're not stupid. We're not naive. We know that if you give something, especially, you know, speaking fees, let's say, you know, for $675,000 for three speaking fees, about three hours, you're expecting something in return. You know, if you want to know about Hillary Clinton's grand ideas, you can Google that or YouTuber, uh, but you're not going to pay her that much money. You know, just, I support you. I want to hear your ideas. No, no, no. You want something in return. We're not dumb. It's, it's insulting. It really is insulting to me. Now, Hillary is still saying that we can break up the big banks because, because of Dodd-Frank if they pose a risk. So right there, that word if, she's saying if they pose a risk. Hillary, they already pose a risk. So this this just proves and shows to us that you're not serious about breaking up the big banks. You can talk a big game. You can say, look, I'll break them up if they get, you know, a little bit too big, if they're risky. But we've already surpassed that. Okay, they're too big. You have to break them up. And the fact that she hasn't committed to that just proves that, you know, she's not going to be tough on Wall Street. Now, when it comes to foreign policy, Bernie dominated here. I thought that Bernie Sanders' performance on foreign policy has steadily improved throughout the debates. But right here, he wiped the floor with Hillary Clinton. He's demonstrated that she is not capable of making good decisions. So he mentioned uh, Mohammed Mossadegh in Iran, how we overthrew their democratically elected government. This was so good. He talked about how Hillary Clinton participated in this by overthrowing Gaddafi. And look, if you go through Latin America, how many democratically elected governments we overthrew? It's insane. I mean, if you look at Chile, we overthrew Allende, who uh, he was a socialist. Uh, now, furthermore, Hillary Clinton said a vote in 2002 is not a plan to defeat ISIS. That's terrible. She's trying to sidestep the fact that she voted for the Iraq war and that you, I'm sorry, but that's unforgivable. You vote for the Iraq war, you can say you're sorry and that's fine, but that doesn't bring back the 200,000 people that died. You can read a ton of books from scholars and firsthand accounts of the violence. Uh, you, I mean, you spawned a Shia and Sunni civil war. It was a bloodbath. We really question your judgment and you've still shown questionable judgment. You haven't learned your lesson. You still want a Syrian no-fly zone. Obama doesn't support that. He's pretty hawkish, but he doesn't support a Syrian no-fly zone. Why do you, Hillary? And furthermore, I love, love, love that Bernie Sanders brought up the fact that Henry Kissinger is someone who is supporting Hillary Clinton. That proves a lot. That says so much. Uh, I was like screaming at my computer when he said that. Because Henry Kissinger, look, if, you, if you've taken a political science class in international relations, you're going to hear about, you know, Henry Kissinger's domino theory of communism. So that way, if, you know, one country falls to communism, it's going to have a domino effect. And then, you know, their neighbors will fall and their neighbors will fall and whatnot. And that was the reason for us to, you know, get involved and invade all these countries. That Part of it, you know, Latin America and whatnot. That's why they didn't want socialism there. And part of why they overthrew Allende. So I love that he brought this up. So when it comes to Iran, Hillary is vehemently against normalizing relations with them. And nobody's saying that they're good actors, but you can't think about these countries in categorical terms as good or bad. I mean, there's nuance to it, okay? We have to understand that there's a long history of bad blood between Iran and the United States. The citizens of Iran are completely different than their theocratic leaders. So you have to understand how potentially, uh, escalating bad relations with Iran could disproportionately impact 
them. And here's what I want to get to. So Hillary Clinton has said this multiple times. We've got to get unaccountable money out of politics. No, no, this is a red herring. Uh, when Bernie Sanders says things about money in politics, he says we need to get money out of politics. Hillary Clinton says we need to get unaccountable money out of politics. All she wants is more transparency. She wants um, super PACs to disclose their donors. But here's the deal. We need to get money out of politics, okay? It doesn't matter uh, if we are, we're more transparent. Do you think that's going to dissuade all these billionaires and corporations from donating super PACs? We already, like, they know that we know that they're corrupt. So that's not going to dissuade them. We need to get money out of politics. We need to move to publicly financed elections. That's what Bernie Sanders wants. And the fact that Hillary Clinton just wants to get unaccountable money out, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. I'm not going to say don't do that. But it just proves that she doesn't want to get money out of politics because she benefits from it. She has a super PAC and whatnot. Well, Bernie Sanders, what I wish he would bring up is the fact that, look, you have a super PAC. You have unaccountable money. So are you in favor of banning super PACs if you're elected? So Hillary Clinton is not serious about this. So for all these reasons, uh, I think Bernie Sanders won, and I think that this is going to help him again. Uh, so we've really got to uh, up the ante, and I think that Bernie Sanders did that. I hope that he is a lot more um, direct. I don't want to say aggressive. I hope he's more direct in pointing out these contrasting um, differences between him and Hillary next time. But overall, great debate. Well, that's the episode. I want to thank all of my subscribers for tuning in regularly, and I also want to welcome all of my latest subscribers to the channel. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to become a sponsor, uh, check us out on Patreon. I'll put a link in the description box. Uh, anytime somebody has a new Patreon, uh, patron on Patreon, uh, I will announce it at the beginning of... Uh, new episodes. Uh, also, you can become a member at humanistreport.com. I'm going to be revamping that program because I feel like all the perks that I offer are not good enough to for people to jump on, but I'll be revamping that in the summer. Uh, so I will see you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for watching The Humanist Report. Don't forget to subscribe and check us out at humanistreport.com.